Cheddar Cheese Biscuits, my beautiful kindred, what is going on with you? These are the words from your friendly announcer, your Black Orpheus, Del Orfeo Negro. What is going on with you? You are here listening to the Greatest Voice Podcast. Thank you to every single pair of ears that have earbuds in their ears, be they corded or be they cordless, that are listening to me right now speak the gospel truth simply because you have terrible taste in recreational listening activity. What is up with you? How you guys doing? What's rocking? Um, we shall commence this podcast with a quote to a ballad, to a melody, to a song that really did have me in my feels, that really did set the tempo for how I'm feeling this day as I risen from my bed almost an hour late for work and came here. By the way, I am recording this podcast outside. I am recording this podcast at my place of employment. So if you do hear wind in the background, if you do hear if you do hear the sound of crackheads walking past me, ruttering, muttering gibber, gibberish in pig Latin, it is because I um I don't work in a very safe environment. You know, <laughs> just being real. We shall um <clears throat> we shall commence this podcast with a quote to a song to a ballad that, cre- that created the tempo for today, and the song we shall choose. From what artist that we choose, it comes from an artist by the name of Summer Walker. In this song she has called Girls Need Love. And at about the 55 second mark in the song, she says, I just need it now. Let it swing my way. Now, I'm cutting off the quote right there because she also fo- she also follows that up with, I just need some dick. And I just want to make this clear. I do not need dick. No homo, I'm not gay. I'm not homosexual. If I was gay, then I would be getting all the dick in the world because I'm a bad B. I'm a bad B word. But with that being said, I like it because that that see that phrase, "Shawty swing my way." That comes from a classic song and uh, by these artists in the 1990s. It was a song that went like, "Shawty swing my way, so look good to me. Won't you please swing my way?" Classic song and. She talking about she wishing some penis would swing her way. I'm not talking about that to swing my way. When I think of that phrase, swing my way, I'm thinking about I want success to swing my way. I want my future spouse, the love of my life, which in Portuguese means my soulmate. I want that woman to swing my way. Like I want those things in my life to come to, towards my direction, to please point north or west, whichever direction I'm facing right now, and please approach me because I sure do need it. So the quote of the day is, Swing my way. Now, we have a lot to talk about. Um, I'm assuming that most of you guys listened to my episode, heard my hot take, heard my deep dive on the series finale of Game of Thrones. And for those of my listeners who are not thronies, for those of my listeners who do not indulge in the Game of Thrones content, who are not fans of the Dwarf, of the Imp, of Sansa, of Bran, or Rob Stark, or Robert Rathie, and anybody else out there, don't worry because I'm not about to nerd out on you as long that really I'm not about to nerd out on you as much so you can still feel connected to the podcast. You know you won't feel left out. From what I see, majority opinion of the series conclusion is that it was piss poor, that it was devoid of being it was devoid of the um, the standard of I'd say epic greatness and just excellent plot writing that past seasons of Game of Thrones have concluded themselves with. I agree. 
and me and a co-worker were having a really really in-depth conversation about it and like i told her i was disappointed with the ending but at the same time it's kind of hard for me to really 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 talk mess because at least in my lifetime i haven't seen that many tv shows despite how great they were despite how entertaining they were Despite how many hours I've lost, I've lost in life binge watching them with a bowl of popcorn and a box of Frosted Flakes. I don't, I can't think of that many TV shows that I have seen that really ended in a way where I was totally satisfied with the ending, and the conclusion. Buffy the Vampire Slayer was one that did. Angel was one that did. Um. But most other shows don't. Like, even at the age of a child, like, the way Teen Titans ended, I was like, what the what the F? The way Gargoyles ended, I was like, what the F? The way, um, I'm trying to think of some more shows. Like, they just, they, I, I can think of, most TV shows do not conclude well. Spartacus ended okay. But most TV shows don't end well. You know, for multiple reasons. You know, it's, it's just kind of hard. It's kind of hard with TV shows because, hmm. The thing about the, the medium of TV is when you create a TV show and Sophie Turner, who played Sansa Stark in the show, and for those she's for those who don't know, she's a very important character in the Game of Thrones series. She recently did an interview where she was talking about, you know, fans' response, the response to fans of the show, how they've created a petition. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. So full fan <laughs> Fans in the multitude of, of hundreds of thousands have actually have signed a petition to remake the ending of Game of Thrones because they feel like it was trash. That is hilarious to me. I'm not even going to lie to you. That is just hilarious. And uh, she was saying how she feels. By the way, refer to me as Black Orpheus right now. I am the Black Orpheus. I am Negro Fail. Please refer to me as that. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But she was saying how she feels that's disrespectful. That's insensitive of the efforts of the thousands of hands that have went into the crafting, the piecing of the thousands of minds, hours and hours of photo shoots, of script writing, of cursing each out, cursing each other out on set that have went into the went into the craft building of this show. She was saying that's insensitive to them, and that you know that's just BS and it's just plain disrespectful to the writers, cinematographers, directors, etc., etc., etc. And, you know, it brought up a, it, 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 it brought, it brought up a very, it brought up a very interesting debate. Do we have the right to criticize the show? And I don't like, I don't like, okay, here's the thing. We can't take away the fact that it was a good show. Regardless if you've never seen the show before, even if you've never seen the show before, you can't deny the fact that this show literally connected everybody in the world together in a way that was that's that's that was unseen that's been unseen in television for a long time. I don't think people across all seven continents have been this linked together since Fresh Prince of Bel Air was still on TV. Like it's being for Fresh Prince of Bel Air actually ended well too. That was a show that ended well. Fresh Prince of Bel Air actually ended very well, but I get the stance that she took. She's saying that to say to 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 say something like to do something as disrespectful as to commence a petition to get this show re, to get this season removed off air and get it remade 
is disrespectful to the hours and thousands of hours of effort that all these other uh, tradesmen have put into it. And I could just tell her, honestly, that's just life. You know, that's just life. You know, reality is you put some... The hardest thing about being an artist is after you've crafted your work and you've perfected it and you've shown it to your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your your, your uh, cousin who's retarded, so he's always going to support everything you do. Just, don't tell me you're a magician! Like, the hardest part is accepting the criticism about it. And the criticism of your art. And reality is everybody's going to have an opinion there are some people though they be few in numbers who felt that this episode of game of thrones this series finale connected all the loose cords sated all their thirst they feel like this episode did what they needed what they needed it to do for them i am not one of their clan i'm not amongst that thought group but there are those who do feel that way people are going to have opinions about your art and nine times out of ten when people have opinions about their art about your art they're not going to think they're not going to take in consideration all the long hundreds and thousands of hours that you put in perfection in writing even me talking to you right now even though i understand that me recording outside in the middle of a parking lot in the southern side of the city's ghetto with the wind blowing in my ear and the hum of air conditioner unit below it even though i understand that that doesn't create for a good background noise even while I'm having this conversation with you, I'm taking my time and my precision to say every single word that I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be witty with my with my wordplay. I'm, I'm I'm really breaking my my uh I'm breaking the Webster's dictionary of my brain right now, trying to give you all my four and five syllable words. But yet I will still go on Twitter. I will still go on the comments of this podcast and see people in the hundreds in the in the score saying that I mumble, it's hard for me to understand hard to understand me speak, my voice sounds trash, they don't like my teeth. I will hear all of this at the end of the day. And they're not understanding how much effort, how much time, how much how much pride I take in my art of broadcasting. They're not even taking in consideration the fact that before I recorded this specific recording that you're hearing right now, I did a thirteen minute recording and then stopped because I felt like the episode wasn't cohesive. It's it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like how, you know, cartoon movies, right? It's like just animated movies in general. Bugs Life, um, Aladdin, Lion King, The Swan Princess, Sleeping Beauty, which I have a very interesting story about Sleeping Beauty, by the way, at the end of this episode. You know all those, you know, we look at those movies as kid movies. <clears throat> and generally speaking, there's nobody out there who really like there's nobody on Rotten Tomatoes who really criticizing kids movies and animated films and saying how trash they are and etc etc because truth be told the films are for kids and when you're a child when you're under the age of 14 or 13 you really don't give a dang about the plot or the cohesiveness of the plot or did you really did you really identify with the character you really don't care but for those who do criticize those films do you understand do you know much, how much time and effort, how much, do you know how much effort it takes to create an animated film? Because they draw, because they draw all those scenes. They draw and outline, outline every single scene. Do you know how much effort, how much artistic precision, how much, how wise, how, how proficient you have to be in your craft as an animator, as a drawer, as a dude who can hold a pencil in his hand for seven and a half hours while you have a cup of chai latte next to you. Do you know how talented you have to be to convey the greatness that they do? 
even if, even even if it's not that good. It's a lot of it's a lot of animated films out there. I think are trash. I'll be real with you. I love I love the Lost City of Atlantis, but in retrospect, now that's a great film. That's a bad example. That's a good film. Okay, better yet, the sequel to the Lost City of Atlantis. I love the first one. The second one I think was piss poor. I felt like it had no meaning at all, but it really takes time to draw all those scenes. And I'm basically taking my critical opinion and shitting on somebody's art who took hours to do something that I couldn't even do if I even tried, no matter how many grants I could have got at the Academy of Arts in San Francisco. And it just is what it is. So it, that's just... That's just the uncomfortable part of being an artist is having people who don't know you, who don't understand the effort that you put into this, criticize your art. It's sad that, you know, there are people out there who feel that the Game of Thrones, it's a multitude of people out there who feel that the Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones concluded itself bad. But it's just reality is, bro, TV shows very rarely, if ever, end well. That's just it is what it is. It's because it's so... Bro, like, it's so hard to end a TV show, bro, because so many factors come into play. Like... It's not the same as books. Novels, novel novel series are more easier to do because they take time to... You know what the issue with Game of Thrones is, I'm going to tell you? And this is why this is why the plot line sucked of this season. This is why the, the end didn't feel natural, why it felt too rushed. And this is why this is what books will always have over TV series. Time. Time is a luxury in the medium of books. That's why book series, if you think about it, books ever, books rarely, if ever, end terrible. Books rarely, if ever, end in a way that's not cohesive with the plot line. They rarely end in a way that does not make sense. You rarely have read the last book of a three of a three part series and been like, what the what the what the what what was J.K. Rowling thinking? Like you rarely ever did that. That's because they have time. The book can be as long as they want it to be. It's not the same with it's not the same with a TV show. A lot of factors come into play. Part of the reason the first and the second season, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth were good is because you had all this you took all this time to create this great plot line from these books. They took their time. Season eight, they didn't take their time. I feel like they would have, if they'd have had four, three or four more episodes, it'd have made a little bit more sense. It'd been a little bit more cohesive. I don't think they should have had like a Jeopardy vote of Brand should be king in, th- in three and a half minutes. I don't think it just felt, it just felt, it just felt rushed. Like it felt rushed that they came to the conclusion that they needed to crown a king at that moment to decide what to do with Jon Snow. It felt very rushed. I'm just being real. It just, it just didn't, it didn't feel natural. And, it's just what it is. It's kind of like how when you take um, it's like how when you have TV shows, movies, right? When you have movies that are based off of the book, the movies tend to be trash. But if you take a TV series that's based off the book, at least the first two or three seasons are going to be fire. The parallel I will always use, and I've used this on the podcast at least several times, is what happened with the story of Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. The film with the Jim Carrey, although Jim Carrey is, is talented. Well, it's cool, but it made no sense. If you're a fan of the series, if you read the books as a child, then you understand the issues with it. But the TV series on Netflix is fire. Great show. Great show. Beautiful children. And it's because they simply had time to take. They had time to take to develop to develop the plot line. They had time to take to develop the characters. You know, it made it, it made they had time to give it a more co- cohesive feel. 
they didn't do. And I feel like if the season eight, and let's keep this in mind. Let me just be real. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and try to throw away all the all the seasons of Game of Thrones because I'm dissatisfied with this first season. There are some. I mean, with this last season, there are some great, magnificent examples of television at its finest. Of episodes of Game of Thrones, I mean, some great ones: the Battle of the Bastards, um, the beheading of Ned Stark, Jeffrey's. No, nah, no, nah, sorry, not Jeffrey's death. When Cersei blew up the castle and killed everybody and got revenge, like there are some great episodes of Game of Thrones out there, and I'm, that's why I'm not going to say that we need to throw away the whole season. Same, it's like saying we should throw away the whole Sopranos. It's no, I'm not going to say that. It's no, no. This was a, this was a, this was a great show. It just ended piss poorly, in my personal opinion. And there are some people out there who will contradict me. And I just want to say, for all those out there. Who listened to me when I was recording that episode talking about Battle of Winterfell and I said how trash it was, how you couldn't see nothing, how they really need they really needed they really needed to go to Walmart and invest in some LED lights and everybody was on my line talking about I didn't know what I was talking about and you need a better TV, I can see fine. And now all y'all wanna realize how bad it was. All y'all are just y'all just like the problem with people the problem with people so I, the, the gift that God gave me is I've never had to participate in group thought. You know what? I'm going to tell you. This goes into something I, I talked about. How essential is group thought to people? Because I, I'll really be wondering this. How many people who watch Game of Thrones, who are online on Twitter right now, typing in outrage, tweeting in outrage about their dis, their disappointment in the plot line and why Bran should be on Stark and how crippled people do not deserve to be king, just handicapped bias at its worst. How many of you guys actually feel like that but are, are only just saying that because everybody in your peer group is saying it? Like, I feel like nowadays people are too scared to stand on their opinions about things. People are too scared to give their own objective opinion about stuff because they don't want to be ostracized in their friend group they don't want to be ostracized at their job like say what you think like it's just it's just insane to me bro it's it's just it's just weird to me like nobody i feel like nowadays it's so rare it's always but you know it's always been like that let me not just say nowadays it's always been like that humans were just cattle shout out to adolf hitler adolf hitler said (laughs) i really just shouted out adolf hitler but adolf hitler said this a long time ago he said he said Thank God that the masses do not think. I'm going to repeat that for, because some of you guys are hard of hearing. He said, thank God that the masses do not think. And it's true. If more than three and a half people get together, there's no, there's no, there's no division in thought. There's no, there's no, I don't know. I think the greatest gift that my mom gave me, my mom gave me, my grandmother gave me was, or I think this life gave me, I always had enough even since I was a young child, I've always loved to socialize. I've always loved to go to Straw Hat Pizza and meet up some friends and some girls and to have long conversations about life and et cetera, et cetera. But I've always been given enough downtime. I've always been given enough alone time to come to my own decisions, my own ultimatums about life and, and cultivate my own opinions. That was a gift I always had. A lot of people don't have that. You know, 
and maybe it's because I haven't been in many relationships. Maybe it's because I haven't had many friendships, but I've always had time to be alone and cultivate my own thought, cultivate my own opinion about things. And that's where I arrive where I'm at right now. You know, people always talk about like how, oh, I'm so smart and I'm et cetera, et cetera. Hold on real quick. So my man, so make sure you don't go in that office, all right? Yeah. I've always been so almost got it. I've always had enough downtime to to cultivate cultivate my own opinion, give the give my opinion on how I see the world without the pressures of trying to meet the quota, trying to meet the thinking standard that everybody else has. Truth be told, I was always a contrarian in my in my younger age. I was I've always naturally been a contrarian in my thoughts. Um you know, it just it just it is what it is. Um You know, before, you know, um, last night, after reviewing Game of Thrones, after doing some voiceovers, shout out to all the business. Shout out to everybody who's supporting my dream and who is booking me for voiceover. I just really feel like a young millionaire right now. It's a great feeling. Um, I revisited a novel that I haven't read since I was 13 years of age. It was called The Neverending Story. And... I spent all of yesterday in general just revisiting books from my childhood and trying to see if I have the same enjoyment that I had at that age. Like I, um, books and TV shows, like there's this film from the 1980s called Labyrinth. I rewatched it yesterday and I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it a lot less than I did when I was five years old watching it because when I was five years old, I was just mystified at the world and these talking creatures with all these grotesque faces like it was just very interesting to me and now even though i love it for that and it brings me back to nostalgia it nostalgically takes me on a path back to my childhood i'll enjoy the plot line like that but it's weird because with every book that i've ever read when i was a kid the same level of indulgement the same fervent that i took that last word i don't even know if that's a real word in the english language the same the same level of interest that I had in reading was the same level of interest I had as an adult now reading it. Like the never ending story, I remember just sitting up all day and reading that book from Saturday to Sunday. And I did that yesterday. Like I, I that's the reason I almost woke up late for work today because I was up all night just reading that freaking book. Like I, I couldn't go to sleep. You know what I mean? Just keeping it 100 with you. And it's kind of weird. Like I was going through this phase the last two years where I felt like I was losing interest in reading but then I realized it wasn't that I was losing interest in reading it's just that I've been I've been picking up books that I didn't like and trying to work with them and then realizing I didn't like the book and it made me mad you know um like when it came to like it's a lot of books I realized that with books how I do with books is I have to choose books I have to choose books like how I choose (laughs) I have to read I have to choose books like how I would choose TV shows. Watch or read 15 minutes of it. And if I'm not interested, I move on. And that's the thing. Like just because you're a reader, real reality is if you're a reader, you're not going to like every book that you read. It's kind of interesting because when you're a reader, being a reading books are one of the few or one of the few books are one of the few mediums that if you have a high level of interest in, it puts you in a category of people that's, you know what I mean? Like there's no category like, Television, watching TV shows in general, is a um, is an across the board, is across across the fences interest. Like, 
whether you like porn, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, most people most people enjoy watching content. Most people enjoy streaming video, regardless of your interest, regardless of your background. Um, books are different. Books put you kind of like in a niche interest group. You know, it just is what it is. But yeah, I read that book. It's kind of interesting to think like, man, I have the same artistic taste as a child, even as an adult now. Like, because that book, man, it was a really great book. Shout out to uh, Michael. Um, I think his name was Michael Eden who wrote the book. Very, 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 very great compilation of art. Like, it was just a really great book. Um, it just was a good book, man. I just really enjoyed it. Um, I guess we can take all of this and just say that we can put a button on all of this and just say that Game of Thrones ended terribly, my personal opinion, but it's, it ended terribly. Let me not say terribly, but it just, it went on. It was. Well, the standard that I have for the show is that, eh, it is what it is. You know, hey, it happens. Um, it's sad, but it is what it is. I, um, there'll be other shows, man. I mean, the same, the conversation we're having about this right now is the conversation we could have had about The Sopranos. Everybody loved The Sopranos. I've never seen one episode of The Sopranos, but people say that ended terribly. You know, there there'll be other shows, other shows out there right now. I think Black Mirror is one of the greatest shows that we have on television. You know, Stranger Things season three is coming out. I pray to God season three is more better than season two because I felt like I feel like season two of Stranger Things was just so like um unnecessary. I felt like it was a filler season. The same way I feel about Stranger Things season two is the same way I felt about Game of Thrones season seven. I felt like it was a filler season. Like I felt like it just was. It didn't. It, it didn't. It didn't have any meaning. It hadn't. It, it didn't really need to. I felt like it didn't really need to exist. It have. It didn't have a sense of urgency. You know. You know. I guess. But then we can have a whole conversation about how do we create great art. And maybe tomorrow I can have an artist on here to record that with me. So we'll see what happens. But my beautiful people, I have to continue working. This has been a great episode. Much, much love and peace to my congregation. Much love and peace to those who are indulging in this podcast that have been following me from day one. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for being a part of the mob. Much love, peace, and chicken grease. And I shall see you. I shall talk to you again at the mid, well, at the odd hour of tomorrow. <laughs>